0: What's happening, everybody? It's me, Jason Goff. And as a longtime Chicago media dude, I'm on 10 to introduce you to The Full Go, a new podcast at The Ringer and Spotify dedicated to all things Chicago sports. We'll be coming to you on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights with all the reactions to the locals. Plus, I'll be chatting with my friends and people who matter in town. If you want to ask a question or fire off one of those absurd barbershop takes, I'll react to your calls on the listener voicemail line, too. So whether you're in Lakeview, the Wild Hunters, K-Town, the Burbs, or a transplant, make sure you follow The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Coralbeck. This is Power Hour, where we will be ranking something every Wednesday during the season. Today, we are ranking the best by candidates in the NFL after two weeks. But first, we have some news to hit. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Browns receiver, was put on injured reserve. DK, if you have an IR spot, you can put him there. If not, do you yeah. cut him or what? No,
3: I don't think I would cut him quite yet. I mean, it's it sounding like it's just going to be—he has a sprained MCL, I believe was the the what they figured out, and so it's not going to be like a season long thing. It, he should come back, and I think he's still going to continue to be like a top two option in this offense. And so, I wouldn't drop him if you don't have to, because it could just be a three week injury. What do you think, Craig?
4: Yeah, fits Um, After what you told, after what you taught me about the ever changing IR rules, that means he only has to really be out. For three weeks now, right? That's the minimum time he has to yeah. miss.
0: Yeah, IR looks a lot scarier next to his name than like has to miss three weeks.
4: Yeah, so don't worry about that. I mean, like Devontae Smith sprained his MCL in the preseason and look at him now, he's doing fine. So I wouldn't drop him either.
0: Having said that, if you're in a hole and maybe you started off 0-2 or something and I mean... If he can't wait three weeks. For three weeks. <laughs> and you, I don't know, and you're trying... Like, you know, it's not crazy to cut him. I just probably yeah. wouldn't. But yeah. it's not yeah. like there's no scenario where you would not cut him. Correct. I think that's fine. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger has a pec injury. Um, this maybe this isn't going to help. This can't help matters. Wait, you don't think this helps? Well, yeah. <laughs> he was hit 10 times on Sunday, so maybe yeah. that's why. Tomlin said we have all the answers in-house for, I mean, Roethlisberger's pec. They also have like four dudes on defense with the groin injuries. I don't know. Craig, Steelers fan, Craig. Yeah. Does this, like, bother? Like, is there a world where, like, the Steelers offense gets better if Ben misses time?
4: I still think no. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I understand that Ben is not who he used to be, but no, Mason Rudolph fucking sucks. And I'd rather have Dwayne Haskins play, to be quite honest. Maybe they just like take deep shots with him and just completely change the offense. But- no, I still want Ben out there. Ben sometimes is better hurt anyway, so I'm ready to roll the dice. We're playing Cincinnati.
3: Ben, Big Ben's natural state is just playing. It's like when you're better at pool drunk than or like a beer pong. <laughs> like your first couple of games of beer pong are tough because you're not drunk yet. But then as you get yeah. into it, it's like you don't think about it. This is like Big Ben when he's healthy, just isn't good. But if he's a little bit hurt, So the preseason is over now.
4: Ben is better on minute 50 of power hour than minute two <laughs> right, of playing beer exactly. Pong.
0: <laughs> all right, Davis Mills, Texans rookie, starting Thursday night football against Carolina. We talked about the last episode. Appointment viewing defense. Yeah, poor guy.
4: Appointment. This is the first. You don't need to watch this game. <laughs>
0: actually, I, I actually watch think it's hardly entertaining. Bless yeah. his heart, Davis Mills. Yeah. Okay. Forty ers signed running back Jock Patrick. DK, who is Jacques Patrick?
3: <laughs> I've literally never heard of this guy. Apparently he, oh, oh wow. Ding, God. ding, ding. This is, this oh got God. me because I'm like deep in dynasty brain. I've got like 33 team rosters. And I actually, I'm in a dynasty league that has like 30 roster spots, 10 IR spots, plus 10 taxi squad spots. And I've never Holy. heard of Jacques Richard. Uh, Jacques Patrick, sorry. <laughs> um, <It's> like- <laughs> Jacques Richard. Jacques Patrick. Uh,
4: what happened to Duke Johnson?
3: Dude, he's just almost doing like he hasn't of, been on a
4: team for a reason.
3: He's like visiting all these different teams. So this guy, Jacques Patrick, though, he apparently was a an, <laughs> I thought Heifetz was cracking up there. He sneezed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just really funny what you said. Anyway, he uh, apparently was an XFL star. He played really well in the preseason for the Bengals. And they, that's what they signed him off the Bengals practice squad. So he's like 236 pounds, like run, oh, runs boy. like a tank, six foot two. I'm guessing he's probably not going to get many carries, if any. However, it's the 49ers, and in the Shanahan school of motivation, you never know who's going to play. You just never know. He might be, like, in really deep leagues, he might be worth an ad, ad, but not in, like, 10 team leagues.
0: I think the 49ers' backfield is, like, inception, and when you get to limbo... It's just going to be Jeff Wilson, who's been on like IR PUP this whole time, will just be the leading rusher for the final month of the season. And then if you want to get out of limbo, it's when we're doing like playoff DFS. And then Raheem Mostert's just like the starting yeah. running back again in January. <laughs> yeah,
4: he's
3: back. So here's a quick recap of the 49ers backfield to see where we are. Right now, Elijah Mitchell is the presumed starter. He's coming back off of a stinger slash uh, shoulder injury. I'm not sure exactly what they diagnosed him with, but he should be okay. He's day to day. Uh, Trey Sermon, their third round rookie has a concussion. He's in the league protocol. So he's, I would guess he doesn't play this week, but we'll see, uh, Trent Cannon, who they just picked up off the Raiders or sorry, the Raiders waved him and they just picked him up. And then Jacques Patrick, who uh, we know nothing about Michael hasty has a high ankle sprain. So he is not going to be playing anytime soon. Jeff Wilson is on the IR. I think, did I miss anybody?
4: This is gonna be, I mean, honestly, this could be a pretty big week for Eli Mitchell.
3: Yeah. I think that's the that's the bottom line, is it's it looks good for him as long as he can stay on the field and stay healthy.
4: Remember how earlier I was talking about on on a previous episode about, you know, when these professional athletes get injured, how bad would that injury be to a normal person like you and I? Like you you said Eli Mitchell has a stinger or kind of banged up his shoulder but he's still probably going to play. If I had this if I suffered the exact same injury Eli Mitchell suffered, would I be in like a sling <laughs> for like a month? would be in traction. Dude, I had I woke <laughs> up with You'd be the having someone with, else
0: uh, record and edit this podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: He'd be on the IR. I I woke up like with a sore shoulder the other day and I couldn't look up. I I like couldn't look up at all. No, the was just worst from one. sleeping.
0: Was I I reached into a travel bag I was on the road a few years ago, and I just directly hit my razor, and I just sliced my index finger like horizontally four ways. Like none of it was deep, but typing was so painful, and I literally (laughs) thought for a moment if I should like tell my editor this is too much, and I was like, oh my god, I'm writing out an injury report.
4: Yeah, that's
3: funny. I was like, wow, um, Danny Heifetz'
4: finger is questionable to report his story this week.
3: Do you ever think about this, like NFL players? You know, they're just world class athletes, like extremely fast, extremely strong but but we can fucking type so fast, you guys. like I can type forty words a minute without thinking, like think about that. How cool is that?
0: I can say this now that I feel like I'm <laughs> um more established. I kept this from everyone when I was an intern, but like I type it two fingers.
3: Are you a huntpecker? Oh my God,
0: I type it two fingers you're a
3: professional stop
0: writer yeah. I know. I think I might be the only one who types this. I didn't tell anyone that for like years. You really do hunt and peck still? Is that what it's called there's a term for it? Here's what I know, when I was in second I grade, I couldn't get past the level on type to learn and I was like, "Can I just advance because I've been here for 3 weeks and all the other kids have advanced?" And they're like, "No, you have to beat it." I'm like, "I can't. Like, just Dude. get me, let me do anything else other than like H to to I because I'm really not <laughs> beating this windshield wiper game." You I really need
3: to do Mavis Beacon. I'm not kidding. No, this I'm fine. I can do it now. It's like I was You're like first faster grade. Than you,
0: probably. I figured hunt it out. Hunt and peck. It is hunt and peck. My muscles, it's like Dewan Blair without the ACLs. I like I figured it out. Don't don't question it. My God. Anyway. All right, My let's God. get to power hour. If you've ever done a power hour before, you probably know what's up. But basically, every couple minutes you're gonna hear this noise, and then we will move on. We're not drinking anything yet, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> it's too
3: early in the season. This if is like drinking at 9 to... a.m. Like by week 15, we're just gonna be just whiskey. Three deep,
4: three, three drinks deep.
0: I've been watching Peaky Blinders. All that show does is make you want to just like start drinking in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. And yes. ripping cigars. Honestly, most shows do. Yeah.
4: Most prestige shows just make you want to like drink and smoke. Yeah.
0: Mad Men? No, yeah, oh, Mad I was, yeah, Mad Men. Just like, oh yeah, I'll just drink it. Just ready to pick up cigarettes just
3: immediately. Go to, watching yeah. Mad Men makes you want to go to happy hour from 4 p.m. to midnight, and then go to work
0: really hungover.
4: Watching Mad Men makes me want to take a lunch at noon and drink four <laughs> yeah. martinis and then go back. A lot work. of
0: shows have made me like, oh, I yes. should smoke cigarettes, but the only one that made me be like, I should like, smoke cigarettes with with matches is Peaky Blinders. Like, I want to light a match. And <laughs> oh, because anyway. it looks cool. It's part of the whole yeah. process. Yeah. Anyway, cigarettes are bad. Don't smoke cigarettes. Mm. Okay. Anyway, we're ranking the best shows that make you want to drink today. No. We're ranking low candidates <laughs> after week two. This is like right in the soft spot of overreact. We have enough data like okay what's real what's not that like we can try to get an edge some people are panicking want to take advantage of the people who are panicking some of you yourselves might be panicking i feel that so dk is going to rank his top 12 bilo candidates if you don't like this list you can yell at dk we'll yell at dk if we don't like the list dk take us away yeah who's your number one bilo candidate after two weeks
3: so i think it has to be Jonathan Taylor from the Colts, even though he's he's looked good at times. Certainly, he's not like a total dud. But going into week three, he is the RB twenty-six. That is not what we thought he was going to be when we drafted him twelfth overall or eighth overall. What what where did you guys draft him? Did you draft him in the first round or was he more of a second rounder?
4: Early, early second. Yeah.
0: All the Wentz, Quentin Nelson stuff kind of like was like it uh, does kind of scare uh, you off. Yeah. Um.
3: So he's averaging ten point two points per game and half PPR, which is clearly not what you're hoping for as an early round pick. However, he's been incredibly unlucky based on you know the expected fantasy points that he uh, should have scored based on his usage, based on his volume, all that stuff. Um, he's lagging behind. So bottom line, regression is coming in the positive. He's going to regress towards the positive. He's gotten all these end zone looks, all these red zone looks he just hasn't converted. So I'm holding strong with Taylor. I think he's a talented enough guy, and they're going to use him like continue to use him correctly. He's getting targets in the passing game. The production's
0: coming. If you want to know what regression looks like in real life, it's the Colts' first drive against the Rams, them getting to, like, the two-yard line, running it up the middle, Aaron Donald stuffs it, runs up the middle, Aaron yeah. Donald stuffs it, runs up the middle, stuff it. Like, no yards, three carries at the two, and then fourth, they get sacked. And it's like, that's exactly the kind of situation where the Colts are going to flip that in the future.
3: Totally. Yeah. So, he, I saw this from uh, Mike Clay. He has... Jonathan Taylor has the highest expected rush and receiving total in the NFL this year. Um, but he has yet to find the end zone. So... He's getting opportunities. They're get, He's going to convert in the future. He's just that good. And I think the Colts offensive line will continue to like get more healthy and all that. Um Does it freak
0: you out if Jacob Eason might start for the the Colts on and off for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's the only thing yeah. about this
4: is it's just like man. Uh, I, I guess he's too good to where it doesn't matter if the Colts suck. But that's my only fear is that this team just kind of collapses.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. There's going to be fewer opportunities around the goal line probably going forward. Um, How long is? When's supposed to be out? It's only going to be a few weeks, hopefully, but he sprained both his ankles, so
0: who knows? How many is it? Maybe it's per week. Maybe it's we <laughs> per sprain. We have to figure out how many weeks. It's kind of like the bushels. How many pounds per bushel? It's like weeks per strain.
3: The injury that he suffered was pretty gross looking. Like He got rolled up on and rolled over, and then his ankles were all wonky, so it wasn't Look, I know, good. I don't
0: like to make fun of injuries, but I've sprained my ankles enough that I you know, I feel him. I've also yeah. played NFL games and sprained Totally, I totally. All right, DK, who's your number two? Bye, low candidate.
3: All right. Actually, I mean, by the way, I'm going to go by position. So sticking with running back, Najee Harris from oh. Steelers. Um, okay. It's a similar situation to Jonathan Taylor, honestly. he was He's the RB 21 through two weeks, which sucks because I think a lot of people took him in the early second, maybe even in the first round. I definitely, in one auction league, spent a whole crap load of money on him um, in, in this in this salary cap league. And I think he's going to be really good continue. And the bottom line is he's getting 97% Of the Steelers snaps at running back like he is the guy he is the three down back. There's no one really to you know uh, compete with in terms of the fantasy production in this offense. Of course, the question is how much production is going to come from this offense at the end of the day. I think. He the offensive line here is still going to struggle. Ben Rosberg is still going to struggle, but I think. He's just going to start converting more. I think it's going to be a regression thing too. It's like the volume is so good. This is exactly what you're looking for. He just hasn't converted all this volume into production quite yet. But I think that's coming. So maybe he doesn't have the upside of some of the other guys, like in the first round, like a Derrick Henry type player. But I think just getting this amount of um, these amount of carries and he's getting looks in the in the passing game, all that production is going to come. So I'm sticking with Najee Harris. I think he's like better days are ahead.
0: I want to know what Craig thinks about the athletic article that basically laid out that is not running back Canada's scheme and Canada's scheme works, but they basically just ran it for the touchdown drive.
4: Yeah, the the best drive of the Steelers' offense against the Raiders was the one driver Canada basically called every play, and all the other plays has been Ben kind of going back to his old 2019 uh, days where he just like you know drops back, no shot, no no play action, no under center, quick passes. But yeah, so DK, I mean, I like this. Obviously, Najee Har- Najee is such like a good talent, but. This is all dependent on the Steelers' offense. This is like a rising boats lifts all rising tide lifts all boats situation. Right, right. Where if the Steelers can pick up everything, then I think Najee will will follow suit. But there, this is essentially who is wearing the pants in the relationship in Pittsburgh right now. It's Ben, and if Matt Canada can eventually take over and be the guy who's running the show, I think every player Claypool who's not who's underperforming, Juju mm. who's underperforming, all of them. Will, you know, regress back to the mean. But to be honest, I am not entirely sure if that will right. happen.
0: I actually think that since Ben's not running this game, if Ben's not running this game, I actually think that if he missed time, I actually think the offense would get better. I actually am starting to wonder that. <laughs> All right, TK, who's your next Bilo candidate? Number three.
3: All right. Very similar vein. Saquon Barkley. Uh, got to give credit to Heifetz because he has started out exceedingly slow, even slower maybe than Heifetz thought. Uh, he's the RB forty-seven through two games. Um, we've got people out here, and I've seen this, and, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing completely. He might not be as this generational talent that I think everyone thought he was coming into the NFL, but I still think he's really, really good. And so, because what I was going to say is, people out here would be like, "Oh, is he really that good?" Like, I think he's good. I think he's really good.
0: I haven't been less happy to be right about something since I told <laughs> Craig in like April 2020 we wouldn't see each other for a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. Because
3: <laughs> of the pandemic. Yeah. Um,
4: congrats. <laughs> yeah, that it's was has been 18 months. 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 Congrats. <laughs> congrats. Good call. Uh,
3: the bottom line is like, Heifetz, you were correct. And this slow start was somewhat predictable because of the way that they treated him during the offseason, the slow, like bringing him back slowly, all that stuff. Um, but his snaps are increasing he's looking more explosive i think he's looking more comfortable his knee is slowly getting better again he's like a full year out now from his injury almost um in week one he got 48 percent of the snaps week two 85 of the snaps so i think going forward you're going to continue to see them lean on him more heavily and more heavily and i just i don't know i just still have faith in him i and i also by the way just think daniel jones looked really good in this last game and i think that could be Maybe a catalyst to them having a slightly better offense going forward. Um, we'll see how that all works out. But like, if Daniel Jones can play better, Saquon Barkley is going to play better. This whole offense is going to play better, even
0: if the offensive line is bad. I completely agree. Saquon is a buy. Oh, a hundred percent right now. All right, because it's, all right. The, it's the Warren Buffett thing you keep saying. It's like in the August, everyone was like bold, and I was like, why? And now everyone's freaking out. <laughs> and it's like he'll he'll yeah. get better. Yeah, there's risk for injury, like a hamstring, but like he's worth it.
4: I just wanted to hop in here to say that Daniel Jones is getting designed runs pretty much at the same clip as Jalen hurts.
3: I love that man. If they actually continue to do that, J- Daniel Jones could finish as like a top eight quarterback.
4: I think he's number Slow five right
3: roll. now.
0: He's number five right now. Slow your roll.
3: Look, 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 I said, this is a very <laughs> Daniel clear Jones caveat. Justin
0: fields who finishes better this season.
3: Very clear caveat. I said, if they continue to use him as a runner
0: at this clip, uh, if we're talking about it, I think other teams are going to start game planning for it. The whole reason it works is because they don't do it enough to game <laughs> if plan
4: If we're it. talking about it. I think what you said, Heifetzel, was perfect about, like, he's just not good enough as a runner to scheme for it, <laughs> but he's just not shitty enough as a runner to actually use him. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right in
0: that perfect zone.
4: All right, DK, who's next?
3: All right. Uh, this one's a little deeper. Sony Michelle for the Rams, who is the clear backup... If Daryl Henderson is out there and playing, he, is he a by-low? Uh, well, I don't know. What else would you call it? Sony Michelle. A sleeper.
4: How is he a by-low if Daryl Henderson's hurt? No, Henderson's,
0: I think it'd be okay.
3: Is he? Well, Henderson is day-to-day or something like that with an injury. Um, mm. However, my point basically with, with Sony Michelle is that I don't trust Henderson to continue to stay healthy. And this is sort of a, I guess this is sort of like a handcuff situation, but I think getting him on your team now. With the idea that he is going to eventually take over as the three-down back in this offense, we've seen this happen in the past with uh, Henderson and Acres last year, where McVay really started out slow with Acres. He went through an injury, blah blah blah, and then by the end of the year, he was just leaning only on Acres. I could see that happen. I'm not necessarily, I don't believe necessarily that Henderson is an elite enough talent to like basically be the guy no matter what. So first um, plus- off,
0: I'm reading the LA Times right now. Like Craig, they speak to Sean McVay as well. Uh Rams coach Sean McVay <laughs> said Monday rib injury suffered by Henderson is involving like a cartilage issue, and that the team will monitor Henderson this week and determine his status on Friday. And mm. then basically McVay said if the pain subsides, we'll, then we will be confident in being able to use him. Does that mean starts does that mean he starts and plays a similar amount of reps? And of did answer the question. So basically, <laughs> even if Henderson misses time this week, I think this is the impetus for Sony Michelle to get a lot more work. I agree with you, DK. Yeah. You missed the window to get Sonny Michel for nothing because he barely played in week one. But I still, in my gut, if you have like a bench spot to spare, I still, in my gut, think Sonny Michel is like an amazing value for the second half of the season as he learns more of the playbook.
3: Here's an example. Like if you have an extra receiver that you're probably just not going to play, like see if, try and see if the a team on your, in your league has Sonny Michel is willing to part for a guy who's already produced like a receiver. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Good Sterling example. Shepard. Sure. Yeah. That's a great example.
0: Like if you have him but, and he's doing well, but you're not going to play him. Yeah, kind of see right. that. Especially Pitch him over for League.
3: Sonny Michaud, who has done jack shit so far. And maybe the team that has him right now is just like, well, I don't want to just sit on this guy for the next whatever amount of weeks. But I think once he gets installed as a starter, it could be hap- It could happen as early as this week. Um, there's this chance that McVeigh just never goes back. And this is, a piece,
0: this is an offense that you want a piece of. All right, DK, who's your next? Buy low number five.
3: Yeah, this one is, I guess, the deepest cut of the, r- of the running back group, but it's Michael Carter for the Jets. And we talked about the Jets' running back mm. situation last on the last episode, and basically it comes down to Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. It feels like they're phasing Tevin uh, Coleman out of the rotation so far. Um, and I think that there's a chance that Carter ends up just basically dominating reps, being sort of the quote-unquote lead guy. His snaps have increased. So tr- in week one, he only played 25% of the snaps. Week two, 45% of the snaps. Um by the way, everybody should go read Dwayne McFarland's uh, utilization report at PFF because it's really, really helpful. This is where I'm getting some of these numbers from. Um, he saw his rush attempts go from 21% in week one to 37% in week two, so he's slowly building his way up in this offense. And also, they're not going to be playing the Patriots every week, so um, I just think he has a chance to be more involved in the passing game than Ty Johnson does, and that could be valuable certainly in half PPR and PPR. If you're really desperate for a running back, he could be a guy to go trade for now before he becomes the real starter in the scene, which it feels like it's trending trending towards.
4: Yeah, staying in the vein of rookie running backs, I think if I had to toss in one more, Mm -hmm. I would toss in Javante Williams, a guy who's been pretty mellow in the first two weeks of the season, but he is in a true split with Melvin Gordon. And aside from Melvin's like one 70-yard touchdown, like they've been the same player, but I think people value Melvin a lot higher right now. I still like Javante to like finish the season stronger than Melvin Gordon. So if you can get him now while he's kind of just like irrelevant and boring, I would. Also, sometimes this is where context, like we just say like, oh, this guy's a buy low. Context is everything.
0: Don't be an asshole to deal with for fantasy, but you also want to know where the other people are coming from. Like sometimes the guys who have Javante Williams in your league, like went to Chapel Hill and loved him in college. Sometimes they love him as a sleeper. Sometimes your friend has never heard of Javante Williams and then just takes him and then doesn't know he is. And he kind of sucks. And if that's the case, that's like someone to target. Like I, like the guys who don't really realize they were sleepers is like always awesome.
4: Yeah. All right, DK, we go wide receiver now.
3: Wait, we got four seconds left. Anything to add? uh thank you lauren mid-episode you <laughs> can see that coming all right uh okay so my next one we're switching over to the re- uh, receiver position here stefan mm. diggs for the bills i don't
4: know necessarily. Hey, is this like you switching is this
0: like you switching beers how did you sandwich so how did you go saquon sony
4: michelle michael carter stefan diggs he's doing it by position so he's going like Uh-oh. the first half of the power hour he's doing like stella and now he's going IPAs <laughs> for the
0: final 30 minutes. I don't know if that's
4: like a ranking, but like... Sure. Going
3: with like imperial IPAs. Here we go. Um, yeah,
4: the alcohol percentage just jumped right back up <laughs> here with Stefan Diggs. For loco. For loco beer, time.
3: Liquor. Um, Stefan Diggs, I don't know if you can really count him as a buy low because everybody knows so much about him. But if if you have a a, a manager in your league who's basically like pissed at how the Bills have done so far is like jaded, disillusioned, disenchanted, whatever you want to say... Stefan Diggs is the wide receiver 30 through two weeks and a half PBR, which is clearly not what you drafted him to be. You drafted him to be the overall wide receiver one. And um, so I think that is something that you could potentially take advantage of here. The good thing is his usage has been really strong. Another great utilization report that I read every week is Hayden Wink's fantasy usage model um, from Underdog, the the underblog at underdog.com. And that is basically saying that Diggs is fourth this year and expected fantasy points in half PPR at receiver. It's just, it hasn't worked out for them. And this is based on usage, targets, um, like where he's targeted on the field, red zone, all that stuff. Um, that all goes into Hayden's uh, fantasy mo- uh, usage model. And it's really, really helpful. Um, the other thing that's very important to remember here is that the, this, The Bills have played two very good defenses thus far. And going forward, well, I don't know if the Dolphins are a really good defense, but certainly they're a quality defense that makes it hard on receivers with good cornerbacks. Um, Going forward, they're going to face quite a few much easier defenses. Washington this week. Washington actually hasn't been very good against receivers so far this year. Uh, They got Houston, Kansas City, Tennessee, another game against Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets. And Indianapolis going forward. So there's a real strong chance here, I think, that the Bills are going to basically start being the Bills that we expected going forward.
0: You filibustered the timer, I but I will say I disagree. <laughs> Not that he'll get better, but I disagree that anyone will sell him for less than Stefan Diggs price. There's no discount from the Stefan Diggs manager of this year. So, yet.
4: Unless you have a really, really twitchy, nervous friend like, who gets anxious. If they're
3: jaded, they're, if they're like, oh... If they listen to Heifetz and they're like, oh, Josh Allen, he's regressing back to sucking. This is, I got to get out when I can. That's
0: actually real. If they don't believe in Josh (laughs) Allen, that's, that's probably the best you could do. That's
1: fair. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Uh, Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped. For any adventure with features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right.
0: So just to recap, we're halfway through here. We've got Jonathan Taylor for the Colts as your number one. Najee Harris for the Steelers is number two. Saquon's number three. Sonny Michel is your number four by low. Michael Carter's number five. Stephon Diggs is number six. DK, who's the number seven by low for you after two weeks?
3: Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, the Rams. This is a good one. I think Bobby going Trees? Into the, going into the season, Bobby Trees and Cooper Cup essentially were a coin flip for me, whether I'm taking one of those guys first or not. Cup right not now. Not
4: only that, they've been a coin flip their entire careers, exactly. essentially.
3: Yeah. Th- this is the perfect example of like everybody ranks them right next to each other because we don't know who's actually better. Peaky uh, Whiter's flip a coin on it. Right now, through two weeks, Cooper Cup, the wide receiver one, Robert Woods, meanwhile, the wide receiver 41. There was this really weird situation where Robert Woods didn't play a ton of routes, didn't play a ton of snaps and run a lot of routes in week one, but it went back to normal in week two, 97% routes, 29% targets, so 29% target rate, that's elite. Uh, 26% targets per route run, so he's getting targeted a ton. Um, the production is going to come for Robert Woods, and, I, and if you don't, so first of all, if you think that Cup is going to continue to get a 38% target rate, don't buy Robert Woods. But if you think it's going to level out, maybe even out a little bit between the two of them, I think there's a very good option, a very good opportunity here to buy buy Woods low because I think people are like, oh, Cup is going to be the guy. So this is an
0: opportunity. Seth Galina at PFF made this joke that Cooper Cup and plays the same position as Kyle Juszczyk, who's the fullback for the 49ers. But like, <laughs> right. kind of, because one of the reasons Woods and Cup are so good is that they block so much. And like, mm. realistically, it's hard to just know who's going to get Certain assignments each week. It's just it's not like your usual. Like oh, the ball can only go in place. It's like they're being like the Rams receivers are different in that they don't necessarily need the ball. Like they actually take pride in blocking a lot.
4: Yeah, I mean they threw to him nine times and they rushed him twice and that's eleven opportunities. Like if you're getting that in the Rams offense, like Robert Woods is probably going to end up being a top twenty wide receiver. I like this one a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, look at that DK. Ten seconds left.
3: Uh, so the Rams offense looks pretty good, huh? Or we could just yeah. take, use
0: that 13 <laughs> seconds to, like, the minute we just went over before. But I guess that was, it's too late. Oh, oh well. I'm ding. excited. Oh,
3: oops. Stafford.
0: Looks good. Okay. All right. Moving on. Next, number eight, DK. Who's your number 8 Bilo.
3: Rondell Moore. We talked about him on the wait, on on last episode, but I just think this is a preemptive buy low situation. He's this is not even really
0: buy low because he's the wide receiver. Yeah, because he
4: just went off. But you're you're basically saying what he he's going to be so good that even though he just went off, he's still a buy okay, low. Okay, so
0: we're gonna skip the part where you pitched Rondell Moore because like he's really good. He's explosive. He's good. I get that. He's a. You got to jump right to like what are you offering someone who just picked him up on waivers that is worth it. Like, mm. how much would you offer for no more
4: Make it easier. Where do you rank him going forward rest of the season amongst wide receivers?
3: Ooh, that's a very good question. I would rank him as a wide receiver, too. So,
0: top 24. Wow. wow! Like a top 20, or if you say top 24 receiver.
3: I think so. I think he's got a good chance.
4: Holy. I think, are you so, sw- wow.
3: here's, here's a few reasons why. Number one, he's looked incredible. He's, like, super explosive, very dynamic and used in multiple ways. They're getting. The, I think they're going to make a concerted effort to get him involved every week. They run a lot of plays. They're an explosive offense. Have you seen Kyler Murray? Have you seen Kyler Murray?
0: Yes. Yeah. I you try. don't have to pitch me. I'm just going to throw you at receivers. Would you trade them for a rundown Yeah. More? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Yes. Jamar Chase.
3: Yeah, I think I. I think I prefer more going forward. Even though Chase is playing a full complement of routes, I just trust this offense a little bit more.
0: Wow, I'm amazed by those. Antonio Brown.
3: No. Well, Corey, that's close, Corey Davis. This is where it starts to get very close. I think I would go more, but this is definitely wow. I really bias. believe in him? How much do are, that's you, a, How how much did it hurt your your opinion? I guess or whatever on on the Jets' offense watching watching uh, Zach Wilson last week? It's just to me, it's like this is going to be the roller coaster
0: ride that we're on. I the flip side I I actually would say Corey Davis is a buy low because that was kind of a.
3: He's a pretty good... He's definitely a good buy low. Bottom line, I'm very bullish on Rondell Moore, even though... And it's important to remember... It's important to point this out. He's only playing about half of the snaps um, for the Cardinals right now. However, I think that's going to increase as we go along in the season. I think they're going to realize they have to get this guy involved every single week. He's that dynamic. He's that much of a field filter. And especially in half PPR and PBR, I think he's going to garner enough touches to have a very solid floor and he could just go off. Now, I'm probably... There's probably an element of recency bias happening right now and excitement about that. But I just want to like say I think he's a good buy low.
4: Is he your favorite player right now in the
0: league? <laughs> yeah, because this is a buy medium at best, if not a buy high. So
3: my buddy <laughs> Scott Barrett made this conf. He's like, basically, he's like, he said, if Rondell Moore is if Secretariat was a Shetland pony.
0: I think, I will be honest. <laughs> I will say this with love. When you say Rondell Moore is a top 24 receiver, I think that's your dynasty brain seeping into real life. Yeah, that's
3: fair. So, right now, here I'm going to name a few guys that are top 24 receivers. Do we we right should just now. start
0: the timer, do four minutes on Rondell Moore again.
4: Okay. Okay. okay yeah, I'll start it again. I'm going to name a few guys who are right. minute receivers. left on Rondell Moore. Should we just do a Rondell Moore section every pod for DK? We just give him five minutes. <laughs> that's actually a, kind
3: of a good idea. Do you want me to name off some wide
0: receiver twos from last year? Sure. I I, I don't know if the answer is yes, but I feel like you're going to.
4: This is your power hour. DK's drunk with power right Robbie now. Robbie Anderson.
0: Uh
3: shit, there's okay. some really good names in here actually. This could be a bad idea. <laughs> He's like, wow. Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks. Okay, I was probably being over aggressive. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> gonna be a wide receiver three. Can I just okay. can I so come back to Earth? There. Can I come back to Earth? Get off of the like dynasty brain thing and the excitement over him playing half the routes <laughs> in this in this offense. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna amend it to a wide receiver three.
0: I'm glad we got there.
4: Uh, while we have a minute, while we have a minute left on this four-minute Rondell more Power Hour, mm-hmm. I have to t- uh, tell you guys this. I just got a text from my friend who says, "Do you think me dropping Ryan Tannehill is fantasy panicking?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a great subject. We're actually going to talk about Ryan Tannehill later. Well, let's I can just do, do him right now. If we got, you got forty. Want.
0: We're only giving him forty-seven seconds.
3: All right, real quick. Ryan Tannehill was the wide. Res- uh, he was the quarterback eight last year. I am no longer convinced the Titans' offense is broken. His numbers would have been a lot better last week if he hadn't had a few drops against the Seahawks, and if uh, Julio Jones would have got his heel down, which he did get his heel down in the yeah, end. Zone. Yeah, it Julio was a had touchdown. AJ
0: Brown dropped like five passes. His own yeah. family told him you couldn't have caught COVID last week.
3: His number, oh yeah, that's bad. Uh, his numbers would have been a lot better if things had gone a little differently. His play action rate was up again, which it was at thirty-one percent last week, which is exactly where you want it because in week one it was at week it was at twelve percent, which is terrible. Uh, Ten Hill's yards per attempt improved from 6.1 to 8.7. Basically, the bottom line is he's looking more like the guy we saw last year, which is a top 10 quarterback. And I saw this from JJ recent, which is very important. So far, one out of the Titans' five touchdowns overall this season have been through the air. That's not normal. That's not going to continue. It's going to regress to the mean. Last year, it was 1.33 t- uh, pass touchdowns to every rushing touchdown for this team it's it's very it's very likely Tannehill's going to start throwing more touchdowns. So the bottom line is no. Don't drop Tannehill. Hold on to him. See how it all goes. Um, he's even, in my opinion, a potential buy low. And and by that, I mean, like, don't give up much to get him. But if you're looking to upgrade your quarterback position, someone is ready to, like, let go of Tannehill, I'd say it's
0: worthwhile. Okay. I have no idea what number we're on. I don't know what minute we're on, but we're going to just keep going. Devontae Smith, Number nine, number nine by low. 10?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is 10 technically since we've, we kind of shoehorned uh, Tannehill in there. But Devontae Smith, big, week, big weeks are coming for him. Here's the bottom line 92% snap rate through two weeks. This is, again, this is from Dwayne McFarland's uh, utilization report. Very, very helpful article every week. 26% target rate, which is massive. That's elite. 48% of the air yards for the Eagles offense thus far. So he's getting targeted a ton, he's getting targeted down the field. And he's playing every snap. Bottom line, it's also
0: great. I feel like you're leaving out the point where he's, he's really He's an amazing, really good at amazing
3: route runner. He had double digit points in PPR in week one. Last week it was against the 49ers, just like a weird game. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was like hot and then cold, hot and then cold. Um, so I think bottom line, he, it's going to get a lot better for him. He's going to start producing big numbers. I think he's going to find the end zone. And I saw this again per JJ Zacharyson. There's nine receivers in the NFL right now that have gotten 25-plus target share, 25-plus percent target share in both of the two weeks, and uh, Devontae Smith is one of those nine. So So, I don't
0: disagree with you that Devontae's good. I disagree he's a buy low because he was good for—the like person who had him obviously knows who Devontae Smith is. He's hyped up. Good uh, in week one, bad in week two. I would
3: disagree. I would disagree because I think people are quick to give up on rookies and be like, oh, this they're playing the this Cowboys and the out. Chiefs
0: the next two weeks. The guy clicks on his profile. He sees they're playing the Cowboys and the Chiefs. I feel like no one's trading Heisman Trophy winning receiver ahead of those two games.
3: Agree to disagree. <laughs>
0: Frank right, Fantasy Court San quick, Diego. deciding vote. I feel like, like I agree, he's going to be good. I just feel like no one's selling low in Devontae Smith.
4: I, I think I side with Hyvitz here. When I think of buy low power rankings, it's guys who had like two shit weeks, and Devontae had like seventy yards and a touchdown in Week One, which th- I feel like that is enough to make you trust him for the next five weeks.
3: Well, the rest of my list is going to be unsatisfactory to you because <laughs> the guys don't meet the the standards of that per se. Um, but I get what you're saying. Here's here's. Here's what I would push back on. We're now two weeks into the season. Someone doesn't have a running back. They need an RB2. I think that they'd be willing to trade a guy like Devontae Smith for like a second running back that they can actually start. Okay. How's that? Sure. All right. Next up, start the clock. Kyle Pitts. And I have written down here, Cardinals for some reason. He's not on the Cardinals.
4: How is he a buy low? Yeah.
3: I'm because it's Davis a disappointing well. first two games for him. It's definitely he definitely like 70
4: yards uh, last week, and he was like the tight end six. Yeah, he's PPR, he had
0: 12 points. So and We got our talons out for DK now. We got knives do we just, this <laughs> list.
3: Are we just going to skip him then? Is he, is he off no. the list? No, make your case, DK. Maybe this is like by medium. I would say that he hasn't lived up to expectations.
0: Is that incorrect? I mean, I mean I, considering this, because uh, again, if you're actually making a trade for someone, the first question they have is, okay, well, who do I play at tight end? They don't have a backup tight end. So you have to send them your tight end. Who, if what you're if doing this, probably do? sucks. So they open waivers. They look at the guys and they're like, hmm, none of them had five catches for 73 yards. Never mind. Like, I just feel like no here's one the deal wants Heifetz. to trade their good tight end. I,
3: I, here's, a, here's a, just you actually made me think of something interesting. I saw someone talking about this on on Twitter the other day. Do one-for-one one trades ever really make sense for anyone? In other words, no. are you like trading p- pits for another tight end? No. They do in the same fantasy
0: co- baseball because there's more positions and sometimes you do categories, but I find it so difficult to do that in football.
3: Yeah. My point is, and this is exactly what I was getting at with Devontae Smithing. It's like, if you have two tight ends on your team, maybe that guy is willing to give up one of them. If you've got, like, say he drafted Hawkinson and Pitts. You know what I mean? And then he wants a running back. So these are all very specific situations, of course, but I'm, I, I would never actually say like it's that likely you're going to be able to trade Kyle Pitts for a different tight end.
4: Okay, who would you rather have, Devontae Smith or Kyle Pitts?
3: I'd rather have Kyle Pitts.
4: I think that, I mean, Kyle Pitts is the overall tight end nine right now, and I guess he was drafted as like the tight end six, so I suppose he's slightly underperforming, but guys like Juwan Johnson are ahead of him and Gronk, who probably will end up getting phased out. Would you um, trade
3: Gronk for Kyle Pitts? Immediately, you would yeah. take that's, pits. Yes, wouldn't that be buying low on pits?
4: Well, no. It's yeah. it's more selling high, high on Gronk. On. It's more selling <laughs> high on Gronk <laughs> than it is buying.
3: It's absolutely buying low on pits because you're no. It's you buy. It's taking high
0: on Gronk. You're getting someone who two weeks ago when inverse. we drafted
3: it's the inverse. You can't say you're selling high on one guy and not buying low on the other. That's not yes, true. you at can. All. Absolutely true. You, you
4: can. I could trade Gronk for. I don't know, like a guy who's a Melvin Gordon right now. That doesn't mean I'm buying low on Melvin Gordon. By definition, think of it like a salary cap
0: draft. If Gronk went for $1 and Pitts went for 11 and Gronk, if you did the draft today, Pitts would go for 11 and Gronk would go I feel like for we $11. should have had That's this not conversation low on before
3: pits. I made my list of 12 people here. Let's talk about the next guy <laughs> Look, we because said at the top, you are clearly we to shred the list,
0: me. We're going to shred the list. That's what you make lists on the internet for. To upset uh, people.
3: All right. Let's see if this meets the definition of your guys' buying low situation. Tyler Higbee, he was the tight end 50 in week two. Does this count?
0: Yeah, because like if he sucked yeah. in week two and the the guy who has him doesn't know a ton about Tyler Higbee,
4: like, yeah. If they're like in on him as a sleeper, yeah, you're moving the, the goal drafts regardless. regardless. No, 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 no. This makes more sense. Kyle Pitts had 70 yards in week two, and he's the best tight end prospect ever. How I don't understand how that's a bylaw. Tyler Higby had eight yards. I completely agree. That's a bylaw. It's a buy menu. By buy medium he's been it's he's been medium,
3: disappointing sure. but based on all, like all of our
4: expectations regardless let's move on can we just move on you, higby is nerve-wracking so give me your pitch
0: <laughs> look DK, so we, gave, we, we asked you for 12 bylaws you got to 10 before there was a buy medium i don't think it's a problem
3: all right cool um so i hate you dk <laughs> everyone listening gone gone has, has abandoned you, <laughs> you because are,
0: because you said Kyle are feisty to this week
3: um last time i ever make a list for you assholes People, I feel like people might be willing to like bail on Tyler Higby based on his history in the NFL. Because last, last year, you remember, I think it was week one or week two, he had like three touchdowns. And then he didn't do jack shit for the rest of the year. And there could be people that are worried about this again uh, happening again this year. However, completely different situation. Well, not completely different, but like significantly enough different situation that with Everett gone, Higby maintains the number one and only tight end role in this offense. He's still playing like 85% plus snaps or whatever it is. He's running. He ran routes on 84% of the pass plays this last week.
4: He only got one target. But, but those numbers, those like, uh, those are only like elite numbers. That's like yeah. TJ Hawkinson, like Darren Waller numbers, like running 85% of routes. It's, so. it's hard to find a tight end who's going to be playing and running
3: routes on that many snaps. Like, a lot of times are asked to just block a lot you know what I mean and so Higby still has that elite utilization the underlying numbers that you want to see he didn't get it done for whatever reason in this last week however I do think big weeks are ahead for him so I think he's a by-low situation this is a better example I'm coming around to the idea that this is a better example than Kyle Pitts
4: okay what a tumultuous and belligerent power. Rank. Well, first yeah. of all, I want to be clear that this is the difference between
0: a podcast and writing a power ranking because DK is out here upset that we were like, actually, your 11th pick should be like 18th. And on the internet, it's like, <laughs> you had Jonathan Taylor number one, what a fucking idiot. Like, it's not. I think it is. I think my Kyle Pitts
3: thing was like a vibes a vibes check, but I get what you're saying completely.
0: All right. So just
3: one Craig, more time. Stop making faces at me. The low list. I'm, I'm
4: gonna I have Gronk. I have Gronk <laughs> in my fantasy league. I'm gonna offer him to the guy who has Kyle Pitts and I'll I'll tell you what Do he that. says.
0: Okay. That's it. That's my list. The Bilo list one more time. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, Najee Harris for the Steelers, Saquon for the Giants, Sony Michelle for the Rams, Michael Carter for the Jets, Stefan Diggs for the Bills. I also have a quibble with Michael Carter and diggs, but I also don't think Diggs a low. Robert Woods for the Rams, Rondell Moore for the Cardinals, Devontae Smith for the Eagles. Should I say Rondell Moore like three more times? Kyle Pitts, who we have X yeah. from on this list. Tyler Higby from the Rams, and then Tannehill for the Titans, who we talked about. Rondell Moore scored twenty something points last week, so I guess whatever. <laughs> it's like
4: the wife. who fucking cares? Kind Shut of, up!
3: This yeah, is it's not. I can make it my own list. Leave me alone. Yes, you can.
0: Uh, you are entitled to your truth. Rondell Moore's below. It's, it's totally okay. By the way, All this
3: right. is, it just reminds me of like actually doing trades, actually doing trades in your league where you get. Uh, like one person basically trying to talk the other person into a trade. It's like, oh yeah, they're definitely like a great buy situation here. Blah blah blah. Like they're going to be so much better going forward. You got to get in on this. Um, this is basically me telling you guys this. So uh,
0: and then and then you're just like, you have different opinions. And I'm pouring honey I'm about in your, your ear than mine. First of all, as you're doing trades, we should mention this. There's something called the IKEA effect, which is that people who build their IKEA furniture are irrationally more attached to it than people who just get like it built by like a, like someone else is that a thing that's percent. and like the same reason it's like you overvalue <laughs> like for all the talk of like you don't like value what you have you actually way overvalue your own stuff same with your fantasy players like way overvalue oh, the yeah. players you got
3: the Ikea effect is a very strong thing in fantasy I mean I'm so it's hard for me to give up any of the players on like dynasty leagues just because it's like well I drafted this guy for a reason he's gonna be They're good invested. in 2024
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member F Let's get to some emails. We had an incredible week for emails. Holy crap. A lot of you know about corn. <laughs> I haven't read any
3: of these, so I'm excited to hear them.
4: You know what we should do one week? We should do a power ranking of emails. That's
3: a good idea. Wow, Craig. Come with your best stuff.
4: Craig, with the, that, we're, we're going to
0: do that soon. There we go. Power ranking Power rankings mailbag. Yeah. We're gonna do everything, showdown time. Everything, power ranking of emails. All right. So we la- the last episode we did the showdown time the ch- the tiebreaker I think for Cordarel Patterson.
4: Yeah, the Someone corn said one.
0: corn corn Darel to Kyle. That was funny. But anyway, the point being, we talked. The trivia question was, what is the price of a bushel of corn right now? <laughs> to which we um, plot. Spoiler alert: We live on the coast and didn't get that right.
4: Well, I got, I was incredible. I was twenty cents away. I said four yeah, okay. seventy five. The answer was five no bucks. Yeah, is. but we anyway. spent
3: like half the time talking about how much a bushel is. We don't the even point, know.
0: The point is, we had literally there are literally dozens of you who emailed us about the price <laughs> of corn. So just shout out just for some particularly especially emails. Daniel, David, Caleb, Jacoby, Casey, Christian, Christian. There were two Christians. Charles, Kyle, unbelievable. But I have to read a few in particular. One shout out to Daniel who said that in nebraska kansas dakota is that part of the country knowing the price of corn is like knowing the price of a gallon of gas (laughs) which is which is in california about the same price (laughs) yeah of a bushel the third person named christian to email us about corn said christian he said i have been trading agriculture since 2006 cattle hogs corn beans wheat etc
4: agriculture trade value call it
0: right Ah. i feel on the horn (laughs) <laughs> Christian says that a bushel is about nine gallons. It is a volume measurement. Interesting. And then he also says that quote unquote corn prices are for field corn. Many people email us this. The corn price is for field corn. We eat sweet corn. Field corn is for feeding cows and making ethanol and subsidized by oh. like, the government. Oh. But he, Christian says if we ate field corn, corn, one, it would suck and we would, it would break our teeth. <laughs> so Doesn't sound with great. all of that said. I have to get to the next email, which is not a perfect email, but in the pantheon of the most near perfect emails we have ever gotten.
4: (laughs) Wow. Okay. And Heifetz kept this email from us. So DK and I don't know. He told us not to read these. Yeah. This is from Max. I am currently the prices
0: received statistician for the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service. (laughs) Shut the hell up. (laughs) Apparently he listens
3: to the (laughs) podcast. really? I'm, I'm dubious, but actually I believe this one. It, first,
4: Mariah Carey's uh, agent uncle or whatever that yeah, was, gotta, and now we got this guy? Gotta follow up on that.
0: I immediately <laughs> looked him up on LinkedIn and he is real. Oh. This is a real person. <laughs> okay, like, I, I checked. Noted. He's verified. Max writes, so the prices received statistician for the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service writes, the corn price per bushel is defined as the price received by farmers at the point of first sale. He goes on to explain how corn works. And then he says, I am attaching the most recent agricultural (laughs) prices report for your reference with a 70 page PDF. Holy shit. (laughs) On the history of corn prices and other relevant crops. And I looked at the numbers and I have to say, Craig was dead on for the price of field corn, Mm. but none of us knew we were talking about field corn. (laughs) The price of sweet corn, which we were all envisioning, is twenty six dollars a bushel, <laughs> which is almost exactly what DK said.
3: Yes, I thought it sounded cheap. I thought that, so was, that was DK, an awful That was an awful price for a good amount of like corn that you could barbecue. Are we talking about corn on the cob or is it off yes. the cob? Yes,
0: sweet corns on the cob, and they pick it by hand. Got it. Field corn is like the giant, uh, the giant tract. I don't know what they're called, but the you know the g- industrial things that pick yeah. them up. You know, they're not like handpicked.
4: So I think Craig loses showdown yes. time.
3: This is like a stat, whatever, correction. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's no, a no, no, no. Of stat <laughs> correction.
4: So why are we just deciding that it's one type of corn, but not the other because type of corn? Because we didn't like, know like, the other kind of corn Craig,
3: existed. Max emailed us. This is happening.
0: <laughs> this is from the definitive source in America on this topic.
3: It's from the PDF.
4: I'm just saying, like, w- corn, you know, corn is corn. Like, w- we didn't know we were talking about sweet corn or I have livestock corn. 15 corn experts in our email account who are like corn is not corn
0: i sell corn and i would never eat that shitty corn yeah well cows do so (laughs) it's the food your food eats. okay so with all that said you know mr deeds when like he walks in at the end and they're like actually deeds and it's like the whole dad's i feel like that's me right
4: can i ask a question to you guys this is probably going to be one of the dumber things i've ever asked wow and this is my favorite snack in the world oh boy where does popcorn fall in the kind of the corn ecosystem
3: yeah, that's a good question. I was also there I know that there's like a famous tweet out there somewhere that's like, why is corn like the one food you put in the microwave
0: and it explodes into like <laughs> something totally it like metamorphosizes? The actual answer is that inside <laughs> corn kernels, I think, is enough water that the water it basically it's base and turns steaming, into steam it, and expands. Yeah.
4: I mean, that's pretty cool. But 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 like is it is that livestock corn just put into the microwave? Like what is c- popcorn?
0: Oh my God! Are you saying it's field corn seeds? It's popcorn. All the corn experts who emailed us let us know that we
4: can just Google. We're gonna get a that's what I'm asking
0: of new. emails. No, actually, wait. I'm just gonna Google this. What am I talking about? That's what Google's because
4: it's in the corn. It's a corn kernel, but like, is it livestock? I'm googling is popcorn field corn. <laughs> um, Do they? Is the
3: corn fields that you drive by when you see all these corn fields like if you're driving through Nebraska? So is that not?
4: Oh, I think sweet popcorn? popcorn is a different kind of corn. Like, popcorn, like all six types of, six types of corn is a cereal grain and originates from a wild grass. We're going to have to email Max and get back to him. It's just, like this is a back.
3: whole universe of corn that we were not aware of.
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay. It's a lot to ponder here. Okay. So, just to be clear, DK wins corn to Patterson. Yeah. No. Yeah. You
3: no. <laughs> that is insane.
0: 100%. It is Strip. a wash. That's a no, We're going to have to court. send this to arbitration, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fantasy arbitration. That's where shit really goes down. Okay. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Um, thank you to Max.
1: You yeah, are an you, American Max.
0: hero and a public servant, deserving of our honor. Thank you, Lorne. Thank you, Corn. <laughs> thank
4: you, Corn. <laughs> oh, ah, get him with a K. Yes, yes. Corn Michaels, too. <laughs> Corn Michaels. Did you not want to do the Smash thing? It's only really
0: 51 minutes. That. I kind of thought we talked too much about corn to kind of keep talking about nonsense. (laughs) Did you want to do more? (laughs) It's like,
3: let's do a palate cleanser to to end the podcast here.
0: Uh, I always read, actually, the palate cleanser after popcorn. I hate popcorn if I don't have water.
4: Popcorn is legit my favorite snack. Me and Steph Curry are pretty similar. Okay, anyway. We have one more email that I guess if the
0: people are still around, then God bless you. We got an email from Ben on Super Smash. Ben. 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 He said, here is my take on NFL players as Smash Brothers characters. Justin Herbert is Captain Falcon. (laughs) it's <laughs> funny Herbert's unbelievable arm equals Captain Falcon's Falcon Punch
4: okay I like
0: it Travis Kelsey's Donkey Kong no explanation needed <laughs> <laughs> Deontay Johnson is Kirby super like hard annoying like you know you never really is, is he there or not what's going on okay Mike Williams is Jigglypuff interesting extremely boom bust extremely boom bust Jigglypuff has this move called rest sleep where if you time it right you just annihilate your opponent or you just fall asleep <laughs> and you get smoked kind of like that that's Mike Williams' career as Jigglypuffs. What is he now? Now that he's like a
4: this is the ex- 10 receiver? This is the
3: explosion here happening right now.
4: He's, uh, he's Ganondorf, where he's like really big, and you're like, wow, somebody figured out actually how to use him. He, he's, he's incredible. If somebody can actually master Ganondorf, you're screwed.
0: And then also he's got, Ben has Mike Davis is Mr. Game and Watch. Low-key sick, but not a character people trust, unless you're Heifetz.
4: Also like pretty annoying. Just like uh, he's, just like Mike Davis's first two weeks. Uh Mike, uh, Mr. Game and Watch is one of the most frustrating guys to kind of deal with. He's doing the little pancake thing. Also, like Mike Davis, if you're gonna forget a Smash Bros. character,
0: it's Mr. Game and Watch. Yeah.
3: I don't think He's I right. uh, this sucks because I, I used to play melee all the time, but it was literally 20 years ago and I can't it's all remember. Right, you're any. a father. You're I can't s- remember any of these characters. I really want to. I need to play Smash now.
0: DK, can I give you bad news about the whole being a dad thing? It's that sleep actually is really important for memory. So like you're just <laughs> right. it's okay to all your college memories will fade.
3: It's, it's a real thing. Like it's such a cliche, but when you get older, as you start getting older, it's like, man, I don't remember stuff anymore. (laughs) Uh, I do remember in, I was in the college dorms at UW. We lived in these things. This is the university of Washington. We lived in these things called clusters. So there's like eight people with a common room and in our common room, when everyone, when anyone would yell smash, like you just have to come out of your room and play like a melee, whatever. And it was so much fun. Um, Clearly I didn't meet a lot of girls. My freshman year of college is kind of like that's the right. bottom line here. But had a hell of a time playing melee,
0: but I don't remember it at all.
4: I have never felt a sense of family as much as I have <laughs> yeah. when I'm playing Super Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. with my friends. Sure. It's just the best game.
0: <laughs> Craig, what percentage of our listeners do you think you could beat in Super Smash? Ninety six. Whoa. So that's how many snaps Najah Harris has. You you would you would right. lose as often as Najee Harris leaves the field. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll have to work on something. All right. Thank you ever Yeah I just did I already did the We line already thing. did it. Just yeah. say bye. All right. Yeah. Goodbye.